Hi, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to Finishing Well, our podcast for Finishing Well Ministries. So we talk here a lot about things that are related to our objective, which is to explore how seniors can lead their lives well, and more importantly, how they can finish their lives well. If you happen to be under 65, same applies. Just know you are welcome. My name is Randy Hess, and I am pleased to be here again with my good friend, Hal Habaker, the founder of Finishing Well Ministries. Hal, I know we've got some good things to talk about today, and I just want to say hi to you, and I hope you're doing well. Well, good morning, Randy. Uh, I'm doing very well. Great to see you this morning. Great to be with you. And, you know, there's new, there's new items every day as you age to process, talk about, you know, filter through in your relationship with Jesus. What does he want you to do today? What does he want you to be? Are you enjoying life? Are you uh, have a task for him? Uh, what opportunities is he giving you? And how do you relate to people around you? And it's just fun. I mean, I that's the way I think about life. Uh, God has created life to be enjoyed at any age. And that's our mission to serve him faithfully and to enjoy our relationship with him and how he uses us. So we're going to talk about some of those items today, I think. Sounds like a good plan. Um, you know, we, <laughs> we, we are constantly, are we not talking about aging and age? It's the factor, uh, and it's going to be a growing factor in our, uh, in, you know, in, in our country and in our culture. And uh, so what is it, Hal, that you see about that in relationship to age and uh, its impact? Well, just quickly, uh, let me summarize it as I experience it and see it. Every day of our lives is about growth and is about aging. You know, you're a newborn comes into the world and you're very conscious about how that little person grows, gains weight, stands inches. In their first year, they start taking steps, first words, da-da or mama, you know, whatever it is. Everybody is concerned about aging. You know, I uh, had a grandson who won his first cross-country race yesterday in Northern California. You know, I just, I just love it. He's entering new stages in his life, and he's growing. His mom and dad are doing the same thing. And his grandparents, Vicky and, Vicky and me, we're, we're doing the same thing. You know, we're growing each time we do this podcast. So life is always about growing. Of course, that's our first essential. You know, we'll never stop growing. Just like Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. So we are always growing in every sense of the word, spiritually, socially, you know, all, all our dimensions, even though our body isn't growing anymore or it's growing older, we're still growing as persons. And uh, that's part of what I want to talk about today. Sounds like a good plan. So what do you got in mind, Hal? Okay, uh, I want to talk about uh, the power of unleashing aging people in your local congregation. Let's just say, let's talk for uh, the church for a moment. And it's really broader than church. It's your network of people. But the value of unleashing aging people in the church. I remember mm. when I was working on a doctorate at Denver Seminary, uh, there was uh, Frank Tillipal wrote a book called Unleashing the Church. 
And he was talking about how to give your, this is back in the eighties, but I've never forgot the title. So I think about that. And I think of aging people in a congregation and aging people, you know, people who think about retirement, people who are already retired people in the aging process. What if they could be unleashed in the church? Now we, you, Randy, you and I have another friend, uh, Mike Grayson, who came up with this idea. He said, let's add up all the years of aging people in the church. You know, for example, if you have 50 people in your church who are age 75 or more, let's just add up the 75 ages. That's 3,750 aging years of experience in your congregation. If you had 100 people age 75 in your church, that's 7,500 years of experience of all kinds of experiences accrued throughout all your life in your church. Uh, We have a church in our community. They have over 2,500 people, 65 plus in the church. That's a total of 162,500 years of experiences lumped together. So I think of that original book, Unleashing the Power of the Church. What if the experiences, the wisdom, uh, all the skills, et cetera, of those people could be unleashed Randy, you did a, a thing for us, a podcast, you know, a long time ago on vault-like people. That is aging people who keep everything about them in a vault and nobody ever knows their value or their gifts or their experiences or their joys or their network of relationships. You know, I, I, it, it causes me to think about the church and the power of unleashing the experiences are tapping into them and somehow. So that's the idea I want to explore today. How can we unleash the aging reservoir of what God has entrusted to his aging saints for the rest of their lives? Does that make sense? Is it about a church that only has senior people in it? Are we talking about churches with some seniors or does the number of seniors matter? It's a great question. I don't know that it has to do with the number of seniors, but, you know, ideally, uh, the whole topic of discussion is their value. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, It's their value to each other. And this is part of the second essential that is connecting, you know, the value of people in a congregation, people in a community who begin to share what God has taught them throughout their lives. I mean, I think it's one of the most powerful things a church or a community or relationships can do where you hear other people's stories, you hear other people's tragedies, you hear other people's hardships, you hear other people's problems, and you resonate with them because they're there in our lives. And of course, the scriptures say God gives you them for a reason, and he gives you them so that you can encourage other people. So a lot of times people don't share those experiences because they they don't have connections. They don't have opportunities to do that. So I think of the reservoir of experiences just being an encouragement to each other at a church. Uh, you know, let me give you another story. I'll never forget. I used to work with physicians and dentists all the time, all over the world, all over the United States. And I remember sitting with a group of physicians and they were all surgeons and they didn't know each other. I mean, they would operate together. They would all talk about medicine, but they didn't know each other as people. 
I remember being at a family practice in Colorado once, and there were a group of family physicians there, and one of the four lost his marriage in the previous year. The other three and their four, they're so consumed with their medical practice. I, I, I mean, they're doing their work with excellence, but they didn't know each other as people. And I remember the three who were absolutely astonished that the fourth one had lost his marriage that year, and none of them knew about it. I mean, it's crazy. So that's one thing. Okay, let's explore another one. How many younger people of all different ages, 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, 50s, are sitting in that same church, and they have no way of tapping into those experiences either. So I think that reservoir of experiences of aging people is there to encourage younger people and keep learning from them, because as aging people, we keep adding all to our own experiences through the lives of other people younger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a mother who learns everything about being a mother from that little person, and you would say the mother has everything in the world to teach him. But yet, I, I remember a professor of mine at Dallas Seminary, he said, uh, God doesn't give you ch- children for what you can teach them, but for what they will teach you. And mm-hmm. I think that's uh, the most, I mean, God has younger people around us. He gives us our kids. They're young adults now. He gives us our grandkids. And you and I, as aging people, I mean, we're both in our 70s, have so much to learn from the younger people around us. And yet, at the same time, it goes both ways. So that is what I'm exploring today, the value, the reservoir of experiences and joys and hardships and everything in older people sitting in your congregation. And if you're a young person, how do you tap into that? And if you're an older person, how do you tap into younger people to share that? And build that two-way friendship within a congregation, because that's what I think a church is, and that's what relationships are all about. So what do we do with that reservoir? What, I mean, let's just talk about the, uh, gee, where is it here that you mentioned? Um, uh, our good friend came up with, uh, what, 7,500 years of experience? Uh Oh, actually, actually, the church has more than that, doesn't it? Well, it depends what your depends what your church is. The church that Mike is a part of, they have like twenty five hundred people, sixty five yeah. and over, and that's yeah. one hundred sixty two thousand five hundred years. There you go. Yeah. Of experiences in there it just boggles right. the mind to start thinking about that. All right. So with that, I, I can't help thinking uh, too. Uh, is is that a reservoir waiting to be tapped, or is, what is that? I mean, what what is the value of experience, Hal? What do you think? I mean, as you think about people who have experience, what is it that they can bring uh, to any other situation? Uh, Paul Turnier wrote a book years ago called "Learning to Grow Old." I think the value of experience, the first thing that comes to my mind is the value of continually learning to be the person God has called you to be. Uh, what, what What is his mission for me? Well, his mission for me is he wants me to enjoy him and grow in him and learn from him and learn new things about myself and learn new things about how he is leading Vicky and me in our marriage, leading Vicky and me in our relationship with our adult kids, leading Vicky and me 
in serving others and engaging others. So the thing that I think about experience is not that, well, I've got my degree and I'm going to dump everything I know on other people. No, the thing you learn about experience is that you never really know it all. <laughs> I will never forget a good friend. He was married over 50 years. This was a decade ago. He said to me, he said, I've been married to my wife 50 years and I know less about her now than I did when I, when I he said, I'm just learning new things about my wife all the time that I never knew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think about that. I mean, what are we learning in our marriage? What are we learning with our kids? What are we learning about our own gifts? What are we learning about the mission? You know, our mission changes in a sense. His purpose in us doesn't ever change. It is to be like Christ, is to grow in Christ. But how we do that at various ages really does change and has different nuances as we grow older. Mm-hmm. And I think it's learning that process. So all of these 162,500 years of experience, these are people who don't have their act together in that sense, but they're a people who have learned and they continue to learn and they are ever learning of what life is all about. That's the first thing I think about. Does that make sense? Does it yep. resonate with you? Yep. Sure. But, you know, unfortunately, many people have this mindset. Adult education stops when, you know, at certain times and or you run into ruts in life, you run into ruts in aging and that process kind of tapers off. And that's what Finishing Well Ministries, it's living well, it's enjoying life well. It's continually learning why God has us here. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God ordained beforehand that we should walk in them. And part of that is just enjoying why he put us here, understanding our mission, et cetera, et cetera. How would the experience that people have, whether we, whether we say they keep it in a vault or uh, keep it hidden, keep it to themselves, uh, or try to use it, but, but, but find that they get turned away, ignored, um, cold shoulder, so to speak. Do those people bring experience that other people feel is relevant? Or are we talking about uh, a whole nother kind of experience? Uh, are we talking about technical experience? Because uh, I think you and I both know that if we were to talk to our grandkids about what we know about current technology and what they know about current technology, they would see us as, uh, if not totally out of it, not up to speed. Archaic. Yeah, maybe that's it right there. They would not necessarily uh, say, you know, get out of here. You don't know anything. But they would, in their attitude about us, they would say, yeah, you think you are you have a lot of experience, but you, you your experience is irrelevant to me. So what kind of experience do we bring to the table, Hal, that is, you know, that's relevant all the time? That's always relevant to situations. Do we have anything like that? I would say we have lots of things like that, Randy. I'm just thinking of the continual learning process. I have learned in my life, I'm age 72, I have learned to keep learning. So I think about my adult kids. What can I learn about them? You know, you think back across your own experiences in life, 
And where have you learned the most? What, what learning experiences have impacted your life? Now, one of the things I'd say right off the bat is hardships have taught me how to learn. Because I, I you know, you go through hardships and it's kind of like running into a brick wall. You know, whether it's hardships in marriage, hardships in your family, hardships in being a pastor, hardships in your job. But those are critical learning opportunities. So one of the things we have in our <laughs> arsenal of weapons in our years of experience is the opportunity to engage either our peers who are learning through hardships of aging, our kids, younger people in our congregation going through their challenges. And I can identify with their hardships and I might add the joys of learning. You know, just like I said, my grandson, he won that race yesterday. I was ecstatic. I mean, here, how many, I don't know, I haven't even thought. There are roughly 60 years between him and me, his age and my age. I was ecstatic for his joy. I also empathize and understand the hardships that he goes through as a 13-year-old kid growing up. So I want to enter his life and I want to encourage him. So because I am a learner, I have ample opportunities to engage the people around me. Yeah, you're talking, I think, how life experience, are you not? Yeah. Yeah. But, I'm, I, I, you know, life experience is relevant in every situation. It is. Every day yeah. with all, all kinds of people. Yeah. So we're not necessarily talking about technical experience, we're talking about life experience that we all have as seniors. We bring that to the table, do we not? Uh, you're exactly right. Yeah. We do also bring skills, gifts that we have, that God has entrusted to us. Uh, you know, like, for example, and this is the place where uh, you can begin to share some of these things. I've been a pastor for, what, almost 50 years, 45, 46 years in my life. I have a lot of technical experiences that come from those 45 years of experiences, trials, failures. Who can I come beside as a younger pastor and say, I care about you. I want to pray about you. And somewhere God will open up doors to share some hardship experiences that I've had that may be an encouragement to a younger pastor. Well, there's all kinds of experiences that, that we have in our life. And you talk about growth, you talk about learning, and there are, there's a lot of evidence out there, Hal, that the way we learn the most is from mistakes. We, we learn a lot from our mistakes through the years. We learn a lot from our misjudgments. We learn a lot from, shall we say, the longer-term uh, outcomes rather than the immediate outcomes. You know, as we go through life and we make decisions, or we just take action, we think we've knocked it, we've got it done, you know, nailed it. And then a month later, it looks different. A year later, it really looks different. Five years later, it might look totally like a real bad decision. You see what I'm saying? So I think part of it is learning from life. 
And as we get to be 60, 65 plus, what do we bring? What do we have? What is our bag of tricks that allows us to bring something to the table? Well, if nothing else, no matter what my degree is, Hal, or no matter what my technical learning, or no matter what my learning is, period, I do have knowledge of what happened to me and how I felt about it along the way, don't I? I do. And, and so in that regard, I have judgment about things that I didn't have. 25 years ago, because I didn't go through it yet. I didn't see the results of it yet. Now, I do. And now I have that, I guess you could call that, some kind of wisdom that comes from having witnessed things and seen the pattern, seen the, seen the direction, seen the true direction that I didn't know before. Let, let me put it in perspective as we kind of wrap up this podcast. Uh, I think... What we're talking about applies to men, applies to women, it applies to all of us equally, it applies to whatever profession you've been in, what have you learned from it, how it relates to your family. Uh, let me give you a personal example about my wife. My wife has been invited to join, the, 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 she has been invited along with some uh, a few old, other older women to meet with a group of younger women and talking about raising teenagers. Now, this is interesting, you know, so uh, my wife is 30, 40 years older than the group of people that she's going to be with. They have kids of all ages who are moving into their adolescent years. And they have invited this group of older women to come and meet with them and share their experiences about raising adolescents and teenagers, what were the principles? What'd you learn? What were your failures, et cetera, et cetera? And let me tell you, I would give everything to be a little fly on the wall that night and listen to the interchange between generations, younger mothers who are raising adolescents, boys and girls, listen to and engage older women whose former adolescents are now in their 30s, 40s, and maybe even all 50s. I don't know. You know, just the blend of experience, the blend of wisdom, I think is what God desires in a local church. You know, where Vicki and these other older women can share those stories themselves, amongst themselves, but they can also share it and encourage younger mothers to look at these critically important years and what, what life spectrum is not critically important. They can encourage those younger women. The younger women will encourage the older women. And I just think that's the value of that reservoir of experience that's in a church. How do you engage it multi-generationally? How do you encourage each other? And I think God has our aging years there for a reason, to continue to learn, continue to share, continue to encourage and make a difference with the life God has given to us. Does that make sense? Yes, sure. Anything you want to add, Randy, in closing? No, I'm good, Hal. Yep, I'm good. Well, I think, as we always say, these are critically important years that God has appointed for us. Now, I always go back to Psalm 139, verse 16. You know, all your days were ordained before there was not yet one of them. So God looks at these aging years, and he says, Habecker, this is what I value in your life. Learn from it. Give it away. Continue to grow through your hardships, your experiences, 
and make a difference with your life and uh, your skills, your gifts, enjoying life. I mean, there's just lots of things. If you enjoy golf, take other people with you and play golf for the glory of God and share life. Take younger people with you to play golf and let your life speak to them. And I just think it makes all the difference in the world. So, so if you've enjoyed this, uh, pass it on. Uh, go to uh, finishingwellministries.org forward slash podcast. You can hear all of our podcasts and we'll continue to press on serving God, enjoying him and encouraging others with the life he has given to us. Thanks, Randy, for how you do that for me. And I uh, hope that's happening in your life as well. God bless you and have a blessed day.